but I also have seen if I if I actually break down like the the timeline of the projects and the work in my life, what ends up happening is I'll start something just for fun or something that I think needs to exist in the world or just a project that I can't get out of my head and I just need to do, you know, sort of like starting a podcast. And those are the things that end up leading to, well, you meet the interesting people that end up saying, hey, Jake would be really good for this. Hey, friend, it's David Nabinsky here in New York City. So excited for this Portfolio Career podcast episode with Jake Kahana. I became friends with Jake uh, through the Cave Day community that he is the co-founder of. You may recall prior episodes with the other two co-founders, Jeremy Redleaf and Molly Sunstein. Cave Day is one of Jake's three career tracks. We talk about all three here. You'll also learn about how Jake thinks about designing his life and how that relates to career, how that relates to projects. You'll also learn the difference between two different types of freelancers. You also learn about how projects can lead to unexpected uh, work. And Jake also shares some unique resources and books that he's uh, reading and ideas like blogs and uh, TED Talks recently that have changed some of his uh, thinking. I think you're really going to love this episode, and I'm really grateful for all of Jake's support. And as always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. So excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Jake. So Jake, if we were to go to an event tonight, how do you uh, typically introduce yourself? It really depends on the group that I'm talking to. I think broadly, I would say I'm a designer, an entrepreneur, and a facilitator. Okay. And we're just leaving a cave day. Uh, we're still actually kind of still we're, in the cave. We're in the cave. <laughs> the the cave dwellers have left, but we are still here. Yeah. Uh, well, I first want to say thanks for Cave Day and being such a, an incredible community for me to learn and, and stuff. So this is such an honor to chat with you here, Jake, and, and more. I guess one place I want to start is um, kind of like this idea that, you know, founder of Cave Day, helping people work. Um, do deep work, but then also, you know, the freelance side projects and professional work they like to do as well. I'd just be curious as to just high level how you think about kind of designing your life and, and the different projects. Um, it's funny. I, th- I, I feel like those two things are a little bit separate in some ways, designing my life and designing my projects that uh, fr- from a high level um, I spend a lot of time planning and designing my life. Um, I am a crazy list maker, which you may or may not know about me. I, I have my, if, if you dug through my Google Docs, I have goals for the last 12 years. I have a 25-year plan. I have a five-year plan. That are, I spend a lot of time thinking about the future and goal planning, and I journal every morning, and usually once a week tends to be about future thoughts. And to me, like designing my life is towards uh, designing towards a feeling. And I sort of summarize that as time abundance that I don't feel like I don't have enough time to do the things that I want to do. It's like I want that feeling of I have a lot of time and I spend it with my family and I spend it doing things that I love uh, and I spend it working on projects and things that I love, um, which we can get into more in detail. And to me, what ends up happening is 
designing projects feels much more on the ground, tactical. Um, you know, I'm working on Cave Day now, and that feels like, okay, let's make sure that that fits into the life plan, and that you know, Cave Day allows me to have the life that I want. But I I do feel like they are separate. That the planning of my life and and that higher picture, higher you know, thirty thousand foot view of my life allows me to pick and choose the projects that I work on and design uh, around my life. But I I think they're connected but different things. Okay. Has there any on the designing of the life side? Has anything really changed? Uh, let's say over the last twelve eighteen months or. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you set me up for that. Um, yeah, I think in some ways it has. Uh, so I have a 16-month-old daughter at home, and uh, definitely like the last 18 months has changed after the last two years. And I thought you were going to say 12 to 18 years. Like, mm. you know, my life vision has changed a lot in the last decade or so. But I think the big thing in the last year, year and a half, has been around the life planning around um, – not only time abundance, but um, space as well. And if you had asked me maybe like two years ago, like, where do you see yourself in a couple of years? I would have said, oh, we're, we're going to stay in, we live in Jersey City now, which is sort of like Brooklyn on the other side of the Hudson. It's it's neighborhoody. there's families. It's about 30 minutes from my in-laws. We've got family close by. And what my wife and I are talking about now is like probably in another year, year and a half, we'll, we'll end up in a house in the suburbs of New Jersey. And part of that is is that we're outgrowing the space, thinking about the kind of life that we both want and mm-hmm. that the life planning that I'm doing is now very interconnected with my wife. And um, what's important to both of us is education for our daughter, um, having space for our, ourselves to do the things that we love. My wife loves to, to bake and watch documentary movies, and I'm big in music and uh, art and having more space to do that is towards the life we want. And so because of things like cave day and because my work, uh, I have, I define my work usually in three different lanes. And so cave day is one and another major one has been freelance design, digital product design and web design and lots of stuff like that. A lot of that tends to be more remote. Uh, and so if geography isn't a big thing that a big change in the planning of our lives, I say our lives, but the big, you know, you're asking me about my life. <laughs> uh, the big change in the plan in my life has been, you know, moving away from Manhattan. And then has there been any, like, any resource or any other ideas that have changed kind of on the, on the designing the work side, whether that's the freelance work or cave day or anything else that is given that you've, keep a bunch of lists and that you have a lot of goals like has anything really kind of recently changed maybe there's not but just considering how measured and um, kind of calculated you are um i'm I'm gonna just comment on the last part because i do feel very intentional and measured with my actions but i also try to bake in room for spontaneity and adventure and um and that's still important to me. The question was, how has there been anything that has changed my planning? Yeah, on, on the on the career side, uh, on the work side, has anything popped up and said, based upon based upon opportunities, based upon a, a book, based upon a talk, based upon a new skill, 
based upon a new you know view on the world, anything like that that has said, you know, I need to, I want to double down on this, or I want to do this for this type of feeling. Sure, uh, I think there's a couple that come to my mind. Um, I mean, personally, just having Cave Day come up in the last two years, really, like three years ago when we started, it was sort of this like event that we did every month and it was cool we made a couple hundred bucks here and there it was fine and really in the last two years it's turned into a business and um, it's not my full-time it's it's not my full income Um, I spend a lot of time on it so just having that kind of um, commitment to a company and to my partners and to our community um, to be building that has definitely shifted like you know if I'm thinking about a year from now five years from now Okay, how does Cave Day play into that? Whereas previously it was, I don't know, I'll look, I'll look for work. So that's more of a personal thing. I think in terms of like external media and things that I've consumed, I think there are two that I look look at a lot. The first is a blog called Raptitude. It's by this um, writer named David Kane. And he writes a lot about mindfulness and that kind of thing. And he wrote something recently uh, there's two articles that I can think of that I have embodied. The first, and I don't remember the, ti- the title of this one, but he talks about like the little joys of um, like making small talk that, you know, when you go check out at the grocery store or whatever, you're buying a movie ticket or something like rather than think about that as a task and a to do. And like, I'm going to be on my phone while I check out at the grocery store because I have to do this thing, like actually looking forward to it by by getting yourself comfortable with small talk and saying, hey, how's your day going? And and trying to talk about more than just the weather or surface level politics or, or whatever. And, and I'm big on personal connection. And a lot of my projects and a lot of my life philosophy is about deeper connection. And, and that felt big to me. Hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a small article uh, that he had written. Um, another one that he wrote was called The Depth Year. And it's this idea that Typically, when we set goals and we think about our life plans, we, we jump to broad goals. We say, okay, in my life, I want to sort of have a Forrest Gump type lifestyle. I want to, I think an adventurous lifestyle means that I've got the most passport stamps. I've got, I know a bunch of languages. I've been to a bunch of countries. I've been to all 50 states. I've experienced a breadth of things. And what he's saying in, in this article has been that the most meaning in our lives tends to come from commitment, that rather than go broad and try a bunch of things is to go deep and to say, you know, hey, I've been to Israel. Israel's a place that's very personal in my heart. My dad is Israeli. I grew up going about every other summer. My wife and I met in Israel. The idea of like, yes, I want to go to new countries, but what would it mean to go back to a place that I've already been and to, to go deeper? What would it mean to, instead of making 50 new friends this year, which I know is some people's goals, you know, a new friend every week or a new friend every day, um, what would it look like to cut people out of my life and to go deeper with the friends that I have? And this idea of going deeper instead of broader applies to a lot of different things in, in my life. And I've really taken it to heart, including things like making donations. So rather than I'm going to spend, you know, $100 and support public radio, believe in that, and I'm going to support, you know, $300 to Planned Parenthood. It's like, let me take all of the money that I was hoping to invest this year and choose two causes and and make a bigger impact with that instead of being broad. Um, So David Kane and Raptitude is one. 
another one is Stefan Sagmeister, who's a designer who has a TED Talk about retirement and taking time off. So in this TED Talk, he talks about rather than have all of our retirement in one chunk at the end of our lives, taking that, whatever, 15, 20 years of not working and splitting that up to every, he, he says, every seven years to take a full year off and to not work and explore and see where your mind goes. And um, he closes his business every year, his design agency, um, for a full year. And everyone goes off and does their own thing and comes back. And inevitably, the work changes. The focus of the agency changes. And it's really easy to sort of get caught up in the day-to-day if you don't take time off. That's number two, Stefan Sagmeister. Number three uh, is a new book I'm actually almost done with but still reading is um, David Brooks's The Second Mountain. Uh, He's a New York Times columnist and author. Uh, And The Second Mountain is this analogy where most of us are, the, the social scripts of our lives are to climb the first mountain, which is to rise the ranks of your company, to buy a house, to get married, to sort of, you know, hit these external factors. And what ends up happening to some people is they have a fall from that mountain. They reach the peak too early. They have a health scare. They have a death in the family. Um, Something happens where they're like, this is not the mountain that I'm supposed to climb. And they fall into this valley. And the second mountain is this idea of commitment to, he says, either a vocation, a relationship, a cause, or a community. Um, and to me, it's very much tied to that David Kane personal connection thing, depth, the depthier, you know, this idea of um, interdependence on the second mountain versus independence on the first mountain, the idea of um, altruism versus sort of selfish capitalism on the first mountain. And um, it's definitely shaped, as I'm reading it, is, is shaping how I'm making decisions about my future. Hmm. hmm. So, and that's more still on the life side, right? That's not as much on the career side or the work side. Um, yeah, that's... I that's, mean, I know they're all kind of still kind of connected, but... I think if we're going to be honest, I think yeah. the career stuff is easier for me to avoid talking about. It's, I know that th- that's why we're here to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> um, but it's easier to talk about other priorities, whether that be family or money or side projects and hobbies than to say, okay, David, we're going to talk about this is what I do for my life instead of I'm trying to take care of my family, I'm trying to live a good life, and my work happens to be what I get paid to support. But um, but let's challenge me on that. Let's dive into that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, so, you know, as we were starting in the beginning, it's like I think a portfolio is, and a portfolio career is more than just one job, one project, type of thing. So, you know, life planning and life design is all kind of part of that. But yeah, we can keep, we can keep going. So, so I mentioned before I have like three lanes that I have, uh, that I define my career by. And and this is recent. This is probably in the last six months or so before. um, I mean, I've struggled a lot with defining, well, what do I do? And um, how do I summarize all three of these in, in one sentence? You know, what's, what's the headline on my website? Um, that, that's how we, a lot of us summarize our careers is what's the headline on your website? Jake Kahana is a blah, 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 blah. So the three lanes that I've, 
I've come to focus on is one freelance design, two cave day, and three facilitation and teaching. Uh, so I run company offsites. I lead workshops for both Cave Day, my own things, um, and a company called the School of Life. In uh, they're based out of London, but I work on their business faculty here. So I lead workshops for corporate clients uh, around emotional intelligence, and those three interplay very nicely. I think what ends up what ends up happening for me is the facilitation and, and leadership that this last lane is where I get, uh, where I sort of stroke my ego. I, I like being in front of people. I think I'm a good teacher. I enjoy public speaking, but I don't want to sort of be my own brand. I don't want to necessarily go on tour with Jay Kahana is going to be talking. It's like, I like representing companies and, and still being able to have that leadership position. On the other side of that, the freelance design to me is like, getting in the weeds it's being uh sort of independent and, and like doing the work being a part of a team it's solving problems in a very tactical tangible way that feels like those two complement each other very nicely and what cave day does for me is connects me to a consistent group of people going uh, back to that commitment totally I say a lot after uh, oftentimes me and my co-founders Molly and Jeremy will have some intense conversations. You know, it's, it's not always easy to share finances and it's not always easy to have different visions of where you want your baby to grow up. And that's how we feel about Cave Day. Um, and so what I say often is uh, that we'll leave an intense meeting and I'll say, I believe that we are all better people because of our relationship, because of our partnership, that I'm learning to be a better listener. I'm learning to be a, a better negotiator. I'm learning to be more expressive about what I want and to be clearer about how to articulate that. And um, yeah, it is, it's commitment to those two people, to our partnership, and it's a commitment to our, our growing community, which is how we know each other, really. Yeah. Okay. Um, any also lesson learned or any insights or any things that you'd like to share to call it? You know, you see a lot of people through Cave Day and through all these different workshops and anything that you think that could be useful for them as they're you know, doing work and, and not more of like the kind of the tactical side, but like, I don't know, it's always really interesting in a cave day where you hear people say, you know, working on life planning percent complete zero. Right. And, but like we keep, we go around really quickly and then other times it's people like taxes or blog posts or all these different projects, any kind of thoughts as any, any kind of thoughts on that in terms of, resources or coaching those types of people to uh, because you've seen so many people kind of come through as a teacher you know hmm. I think with a lot of this kind of work uh, like we were talking about before when, when I'm talking about trying to define my work or define my career it's easy to avoid it's easy to like um, get caught up in the work of it instead of just like the the doing the verb which is a quote that I'll take from Austin Cleon. Um, like, just do the verb. If you want to be a writer, just write. If you want to be a teacher, teach. And I think it's really easy to get caught up in like, well, I got to update my website and I got to put together the, 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 like, the life plan and the goal and, and like the work behind the work that doesn't, it isn't the thing, doesn't get paid. And so what, what I see a lot in Cave Day with, with our community is that people are trying to make a shift into a new career or a new self 
identifying type of work. Uh, and they get caught up in the headline on the website. Mm. They get caught up in like, I got to redo my website. I got to put my portfolio together instead of, instead of like sort of doing the work. And, and I hesitate even saying that because I know that um, it can feel good to have a website, a portfolio, a headline, a resume, a bio that you're proud of because it takes a lot of work. Um, but I also know that you can waste a lot of hours that um, that don't matter. Like hmm. those things don't always matter as much as like doing the work. And and I say that like as you're figuring your own work out, like you're still doing the thing. You're still podcasting all the time. Like work comes out of the doing the work. And what hmm. what I've noticed is that part of the process of I of uh, matching our identity with our work and that's where we are in the world that our our identity and our work are interrelated and a lot of times interconnected is both the reflection on well, what have I done the last couple of years and how do those tie together to tell a unified story of my work and what kind of work do I want to be doing in the next year and let's try to integrate all of these threads and and to tell a story I think that that is part of it and I get caught up in that too. I get caught up in like, who am I? What am I doing? Every two years or so, I'll update my website and rewrite my bio and work with a coach on who am I. Um, but I also have seen if I if I actually break down like the the timeline of the projects and the work in my life, what ends up happening is I'll start something just for fun or something that I think needs to exist in the world or just a project that. I can't get out of my head and I just need to do, you know, sort of like starting a podcast. And those are the things that end up leading to, well, you meet the interesting people that end up saying, hey, Jake would be really good for this. We, sh- we should hire him for that thing. And I didn't even try to get hired for that thing. But because I was just doing the thing that I thought was interesting, um, people see you in a new way and people, you're, you're meeting people, you're learning about yourself, you're learning a new tool, trick, whatever. Um, I'll say that a lot of the my most recent um, facilitation work, that third lane, came out of cave day. I was leading a cave day at a co-working space and the owner of the co-working space said, um, hey, we're, we're running a team offsite next week. You think that guy from cave day could help us lead our, you know, set our goals and our brand values? You know, I didn't position myself to do that, but I have the experience of doing that kind of work with cave day and with other Mm. things and they led me to two other clients and it inevitably like happens that way where um you we recently connected over nonlinear paths i wrote this whole i I write a monthly newsletter i don't call it a newsletter i write a monthly (laughs) i call it the email refrigerator about nonlinear paths and oftentimes like all of the people that we meet all the things that we do end up feeling like chaos there's a lot of data points and things that we do and things that we like and things we put out in the world and it's easy to look back. It's it's much easier to look back to see the patterns than to try to predict or to put yourself in a position where the right thing is going to happen when you want it to happen. That um, simply just by like doing and getting into the work, um, doing the verb again, things open up from that. Hmm. Anything? Uh, and so you think that that applies to freelancers too? Like a lot of the freelance work, uh, design work comes from doing the work kind of thing and not, a, not, not necessarily like having the optimized website or 
any kind of thoughts on kind of finding freelance work and yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that there's, I've noticed that there's probably two kinds of freelancers. There's the, the freelancer that's going to take anything and, you know, reaches out to his network and, um, looks for connections that he already has. Um, and, and we'll just take anything. And, and I come from an advertising background and a digital design background. And I, I see it in both camps where, and on the other side, I think there's the, a more intentional approach where I see that, that, you know, there's, there's the freelancer that will choose a niche and say, this is my specialty. I'm, I do design, but I only do design for nonprofits that are mission driven or whatever. Here's a list of my 10 ideal clients. Uh, and that freelancer goes out and, uh, pursues the work that, uh, will be the portfolio that she wants. And I don't think there's anything wrong with either. I think ultimately to me, freelance is about enabling a kind of lifestyle uh, that I freelance so that I can work on cave day so that I can be home with my family more. Um, and to me, if, if freelance is, if freelance is the end goal that just finding job after job and, mm. and that first freelancer tends to be a little bit short sighted that it's, it's hard to string together a coherent story mm. of this is the kind of work that I do. And it's something that I think about a lot in terms of future planning too. Like, you know, I, I imagine I'm still going to be doing some design work when I'm in my forties and fifties and sixties, maybe that I hope by that point I can say, Oh, I'm the expert in this. I've been doing this for 30 years and not, Oh, I've been doing design for for 30 years and I've worked in the automotive industry and I've worked in the health industry and I've worked in tech. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that, that story doesn't go as far and to me is like what I'm afraid of in my aging mm. creative career would be to just be irrelevant because I've tried too many things instead of going back to this idea of commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting. It's like, yeah, uh, these ideas of nonlinear slash commitment slash experimentation is really uh, fascinating to think about how they all kind of mesh together to then be, you know, kind of who you are today and where things go. It's fascinating. I mean, of like the times that we live in, right? It's like, you know, couldn't really do this stuff a while ago. Yeah. Uh, really like what, what separates, um, I, I believe successful people today is like the ability to be resilient, uh, come back out of change to resilience and learning, mm. knowing how to, knowing how you learn, knowing how, uh, how to learn quickly because, yeah, we're all figuring things out as we go. We're all learning how the internet is affecting our lives. We're all learning how to build community and connection and, and careers. And the faster you can learn and look for patterns and um, learn new skill sets and become relevant in new ways and then you know, go through that change and be resilient and come out with, with a new career, with a new identity, with a new you know, way to talk about your work. Um, I think that those are, going to, those are the people that... Um, tend to do better and find more work and connect to more people and are open to um, open to changing the way that they work for the better. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that I think you missed on a part of that kind of planning and, and goal setting and lists and stuff? I know that we kind of talked about it in the beginning, but any other thoughts related to that kind of stuff in terms of 
why you think that's important either for yourself or for yeah, for other things yeah i, I think so, so you mentioned you mentioned this before but um i take a photo and i keep a spreadsheet of every friend that i see in person and and part of all this i keep a list of all the books that i read with a couple bullet points of my takeaways and the movies that i watched and to me a lot of this i, I i'm a big documentarian i like documenting my life i like uh, making sure that uh, I'm processing everything that I'm experiencing. And, and I'm a big believer that um, what we keep track of and what we pay attention to is how we spend our lives. Um, and, and so, you know, if we don't pay attention to the, the books we're reading or the friends that we see or, and we just end up seeing the people that reach out to us, and say, hey, David, I haven't seen you in a long time. Let's go get drinks. And you're just like, yeah, I'm totally down. I'm, I'm free on, I keep my nights open for this exact thing. Yeah. I like to keep it things spontaneous. I think that's, it's not for me. That living more intentionally and saying, you know what? I haven't seen David in a long time. I'd like to see my, my friends at least 10 times a year, which maybe in New York is crazy. Like to, to like make an effort to see someone 10 times a year, but that's like not even once a month. And I like keeping track of that kind of thing. So I, I think the other story that I'll tell is like, I do do an annual review every year. Um, it's, it's usually like most of the, the last two or three weeks of December. And it's reflecting on what went well last year, what didn't go well, what would, what would I continue to do next year? It's about looking at what I call my wheel of life, which if you're not familiar, it's taking like a, taking your life into a, uh, like a circle diagram, making it like a pie chart and dividing each of the pie slices into what are the areas of my life I'd like to focus on. And I usually have about eight. Uh, and so at the end of the year, I'll evaluate like out of 10, how do I feel about community? How do I feel about family? How do I feel about career and learning and creativity? And, and if it's not a 10 and, and almost they're never tens, like what would make it a 10? Why is it not a 10? What's falling short? And then I, use that to help set some goals for the following year. What ended up happening this year is um, it was like the week before Thanksgiving that I started, mm. which is way too early. Like I, I, I felt like most of December I, I was, I was having like senioritis. <laughs> like I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done already. I'm, I'm out of 2019. Yeah. I'm ready to get into next year. So I started too early and, and I like had this weird feeling that like the goals that I had set for 2020 were really boring. And part of that was like having almost a decade of having these broad goals of like, I'm going to record, I, I, I mentioned I play music, like I'm going to record three original songs, I'm going to make 10 paintings, uh, and I'm going to visit two new countries, and I'm going to um, save X number of dollars this year, and, and like these massively broad goals. And th this last year, I was like, I'm just going to keep doing the things that I'm doing like I'm just going to do it like 3% 5% maybe even 10% a little more intense deeper a little more time on my art and and it felt weird to like not have new goals but to like just go deeper into the same goals like in in those eight categories on the wheel of life and um, it took me a lot I'm glad that I had all December to sort of think through like why am I bored by this list why am I not looking forward to hmm. And part of it was like, oh, actually, like, I'm content. 
I'm happy. I don't, I don't need to like set these massive goals and work towards something new to, to pursue happiness, um, to pursue this life. Like the, the life that I had written out mm. in, my, in a 25-year plan for when I turn 60, I'm like not as far as I thought in terms of the day-to-day, like how I'm spending my time. And it's just, it was, it's just about going deeper. So the portfolio is balanced. The the wheel. Uh, do you have a res- do you have a resource on that, or is that? Um, um, if you that- Google, I I, I I worked with a coach five years ago, four years ago, um, and she introduced me to the concept. But if you just Google wheel of life, there's probably a thousand medium posts, and if you just <laughs> even Google image search, you can see how other people fill it out. Cool. Um, Anything else that you think we missed here, Jake? I know we talked a lot about uh, kind of designing the life, designing the career, cave day, projects, identity, change, commitment, <laughs> all the things that I love. Anything else that you think we missed? I know you also might be working on a new project. Uh, uh, I'm not ready to share it yet. Um, yeah. it, it's in that workshop facilitation thing. I'm hoping to have a new workshop soon. But... You mentioned at the very end, the last thing we were talking about, that like the portfolio is balanced. And I think what's really interesting, I, I, I agree with that broadly and trying to... So, so every quarter I fill out the Wheel of Life in terms of like how full is this pie slice. And what I noticed is that every quarter things change and almost no quarter has more than one full. Hmm. Right? No... no in a quarter, there's not like two slices that are both tens. And so, yes, it's balanced. But but what I've seen is that things go up and down a lot. That, um, you know, one quarter I might feel great about my finances, but actually I've neglected um, learning or something because I've been working a lot. And the next quarter I'll say, okay, you know what, I'm going to go back to like I'll get a tutor and I'll learn something and I feel really good about personal development and learning. But um, it means I didn't go to the gym as much as I'd like to. And part of keeping balance if if you've ever like ridden a bike is like small adjustments over time if you like make too big of an adjustment you're going to fall off your bike and so part of balance to me is like maintaining progress um, and making small adjustments on the way well i don't actually don't know how to ride a bike so <laughs> they said that um that's a that's a great way to to kind of close things up here but um yeah jake thank you so much uh, yeah, please thanks. let listeners know where they can um, follow up and learn more um, sure. Thanks for having me, David. Uh, so you can find me directly at jakekahana.com. Uh, and if you want to learn more about Cave Day, it's caveday.org. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jake. Thank you, David. Hey, friend. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Portfolio Career Podcast. Wanted to also let you know about my monthly newsletter called One Email Away, where I fundamentally believe that we are all one email away from new opportunities. And if there's a way that I could potentially help you to connect with other people, I would love to do that. So one email away, um, you can sign up for my newsletter on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. You can also see the one email away section, but just want to take this moment to say thank you for, for listening to this episode. Really excited for us to build and grow our portfolio careers together.